Oh, hello there. It's the titular Matt Stewart letting you know that I'm going to be in Sydney, Australia, and then Brisbane, Australia, doing uh, short runs of my show, Dryer Dryer. Sydney from the 8th to the 12th of May, Brisbane from the 16th to the 19th of May. Hey, but also, you might not know this, I'm doing a live Who Knew It with Matt Stewart in Sydney on the 13th of May and in Brisbane on the 14th of May. Holy moly, am I looking forward to these shows uh, please get tickets for all of these now. If you use the discount code do go on, that might work. I'm not sure, but worth a try. Really hope to see you there. Um, Sydney especially. Please come along. Brisbane also, though you're buying tickets earlier, better. Sydney lift, please. All right, I'll see you soon now. On with the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and my sidekick this week is comedian extraordinaire, uh, host of Good Tucker. It's Saran Jayamana. How's everyone doing? Thanks for coming. Uh, hey, Saran, our first guest this week has just had huge news. Has everyone heard? Just been announced as this year's Melbourne Oxfam Comedy Gala host. It's Lizzie Who. So stoked. Man, I was pumped to see that. Imagine you got pretty excited too, or? Yeah, and then it was like, <laughs> don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thought. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you never would. Our, our second guest uh, this week is touring her show, Pillows Quadruple X, mm-hmm. all around Australia. It's Bronwyn Cass. <laughs> it feels like you should have closed on Lizzie's news. <laughs> 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 Feels like a bit of a letdown after that. <laughs> not opening the gala, not on it, nothing. <laughs> cool. <laughs> You're on last year. Yeah. Hey? Yeah, I'm having enough. That kind of hurts more, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is that, am I pronouncing your show right? Is it Pillows Quadruple X? No, it's pillows, kiss, 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 kiss. Okay. But I am the only person calling it that. <laughs> right. I think you're closer than I am. At the moment, I think people are calling it pillows XXXX. Okay. I've made a huge mistake. It's bad. <laughs> Show's good. Title is bad. Um, for people, are there tickets available for the last show tonight? Oh, there's always tickets available. Tickets. <laughs> In this very room, if anyone here tonight wants to come along, hot tip. Okay, so Lizzie and Serena, how the show works, but Bron, this is your first mm-hmm. time. So how it works, I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answer as well as the real one and they have to guess which one is correct. Oh, do we need our phones? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Are they, like... They're just there. Oh, yeah, great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I over-explained some things and obviously didn't explain at all other things. 
I did say you'd have to message the answer to Seren. I thought you might have filled in the blanks, but um, <laughs> you were probably thinking like with a, a letter or something. Do you have your phone, Brian? You I do, yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. I should be hosting the all right, the first question comes from listener Francis Redmond from Tassie, and the question is, what does crepe hanger mean? What does crepe hanger mean? So while you're writing those answers, uh, I'll explain how the scoring works. So you get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant, and another point if you correctly guess the answer. By the way, Bron, I'm also playing as the house. Okay. Never quite sure how they'll react to me, and it's... Yeah, not being positive here. Well, I'm, you know, what does that mean? That means that I'm putting in two of my own fake answers with the help of the question writers, and I get a point for each one of those that you two choose as well. So each of us can score up to two points uh, per round, which seems fair, but the probability oh, yeah, actually favours me, the house, and the house always wins. Um, it did last week, actually, but funnily enough, there was a technical issue and no one will ever hear about it. But um, <laughs> what a shame. Um, so... Because of that reason, uh, the guests get triple points in the final round to even things up a little bit. And our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash pod, which is linked in your show notes. Any patrons in tonight? Thanks so much for coming. Sorry, we just realised that we weren't Facebook friends. Oh, my God. That's even more brutal than the gala rejection. <laughs> yeah, me and Lizzie have been friends for years. <laughs> But I, I just said my answer to my. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm allowed to know it as Is well. Is that all right? Fine. Yeah. But I meant okay. to send it to Seren. If that's okay. Okay, so yeah. here it's asking me if I if I reply to Bronwyn. <laughs> should should I hit block? Or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So while the answers are coming in, um, I'll take I'll open up the floor. What do you want to know? <laughs> Don't really know what you want to know. Okay. Well, that doesn't give me a heap to go off on. Um, do you have a question? Okay. For life? Or about the... Because Lizzie, who's about to host the gala, and she's, uh, she's she, she can fill you in on any, any, any sort goss. of life lessons or goss. Yeah. Oh. No, I don't have any goss. Oh. <laughs> we can bleep out names. Well, do you want to quickly put some goss on the record? I off the record? Oh, what have, I don't know what I've got. What's some Adelaide Fringe goss? Oh, I don't have any of that. I just go home. Yeah. Yeah. That's really clever. I've yeah. not been doing that. Um, How are you finding Adelaide? Yeah. I'm a big fan. I love Adelaide. All right, the answer's are in. <laughs> I thought that was so smooth. We covered that beautifully. The answers are in for question number one. What does crepe hanger mean? A small basket used to dry ham? A Victorian-era worker who would hang advertising posters or crepes on public walls? French Speedos? <laughs> a killjoy, someone who takes a pessimistic view of things, or a derogatory term for a French person. Okay. Uh, uh, what, do you want to go first, Lizzie? I'm thinking it is a, a killjoy. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What? Put How that so? in. I'm going to lock that in. I don't know. They're just 
hanging crepes. <laughs> not I don't anymore. know. That just feels like... You're right. That person doesn't sound fun. Yeah. yeah that's not what you should be doing. You should be eating yeah. that. If yeah. someone was like, do you want to come hang crepes, crepes with me? Yeah. You're like, yeah, you're like, no. <laughs> you're a killjoy. If it's a crepe dangler and they're sort of like keeping it out of your reach. Yeah. Then that's a fun person. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> making a little game of it. Yeah. Yes. Just trying to get a nibble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you think, Bron? Um, what was the newspaper one? Uh, the advertising posters one. Victorian era worker would hang out advertising posters or crepes on public walls. I feel like Victorian era would, would call stuff like something silly, like crepes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look back like, Victorian era comes up a lot on this show, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go there? Go, that's my guess. All right. Here's who wrote the answers. Uh, derogatory term for a French person. That was the house... French Speedos, that was Bronwyn. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I ask for an explanation, but I don't think that one needs one. <laughs> I was nervous, this is my first time playing, and I think I can relax now. <laughs> yeah. I got a one laugh, I'm out. I'll leave the rest to the gala host. <laughs> gala host is getting roasted. <laughs> uh, speaking of the gala host, uh, Lizzie wrote a small basket used to dry ham. That's good fun. I nearly picked that. Yes. Yeah, that's good. I'm about winning. <laughs> I don't want to be funny. <laughs> a Victorian era worker who would hang advertising posts or crepes on public walls. Bron went for that. That was the house. That's a, a, absolute nonsense. Um, <laughs> hanging crepes on the walls. Crepe paper? That's a thing. Crepe paper. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that is. Makes sense. <laughs> who looks really stupid clever. now? <laughs> And that means Lizzie is correct uh, to Killjoy. Hey. banger. Hey. I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that means one point for Lizzie and one point for the house because Bronwyn picked a house option mm. there. Um, Do you get it? Yeah, and everyone <laughs> gets a point but me. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but you were right. It was The crepe is not about the thin pancakes. It is more about the fabric or the paper. And, yeah. and the, the Do black I get a crepe, point? I mean, that's up to Serena who's keeping score. Um, Look at him. I'd be open to it. We're not friends. <laughs> that's a pretty strong no from Serena. <laughs> Maybe if you're on a gala, but... Um, <laughs> Gala performers get a bit more leeway. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll tell the <laughs> listeners a bit more about it. But yeah, there was about uh, black crepe paper at, uh, during morning rituals. So that was okay. the people that had crepe hangers were, you know, I guess they weren't all that happy. But I think that's probably fair enough. All right. Um, here's question two. This comes from McKenna Middlebrook from Newark, New York. They're diff- two different words, but they... I said them the same, I think, but... <laughs> Newark, New York. Newark. Oh, that was worse. Was that in Sopranos? Yeah, Newark? I think Newark is, is in... Sopranos? Yeah, Newark, New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. I think we all just nailed that accent. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get to the gala. That's how you get to the gala. See you at the top, guys. <laughs> <laughs> McKenna's question is, what's the name of this bird? So you just have to come up with a fake bird species name. Yeah. Uh-huh. Make up a species of bird. And while you're doing that, uh, I'll tell the audience and Saran more about crepe hangers. According to Merriam-Webster, black crepe paper or black crepe fabric, if I want to read the actual word, was once an important part of morning ritual. 
It was sewn into dresses and veils, wrapped in bands around hats and arms and draped over doors. We can speculate that to those who started using this insult, a crepe hanger was a killjoy almost in a literal sense. The sort of person who took pleasure in a funeral. <laughs> Any crepe hangers in tonight? <laughs> a weird thing to... Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, all right, it looks like the answers are in for question number two, uh, which is, what's the name... Which one of these is a real species of bird? The Budapest short-faced tumbler pigeon? <laughs> the smooth-bellied potter clint? The Helsinki longfoot clucker? The blue-titted grass parrot? Or the lady budgery gaga? Okay. I think you went first last time, didn't you, Lizzie? You yes, want to go first, Bron? All right. What's the Clint one? Uh, smooth-bellied Potter Clint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like no one would have come up with their like the word Clint. It's like a fake word. So it's like a, I'm, I don't <laughs> think you guys. <laughs> that, <laughs> you're right. No, you're right. Yeah, and I don't the think you've got it in you. The human mind couldn't come up with that. Yeah. <laughs> a bird would have called itself that, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the sound That's what it I'm makes thinking. Or something. You gotta lock that one in, Bron. You sound like you know too much about it. Like you made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Read out the names again. I'm gonna watch Lizzie's face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Read her like a book. <laughs> now I'm going to change. <laughs> what are the other? What are the answers again? Actually, um, since you've been discussing it, uh, Seren's entered another option. So we'll go, uh, through, we'll no, go through them remember. all. It doesn't really help if you tell. No, I won't say which one it is. Okay. I won't say which all one right. it is. Here all are right. all the options. <laughs> The Lady Budgery Gaga, the Blue Titted Grass Parrot, the Helsinki Long Footed Clucker, the Smooth Bellied Potter Clint, the Budapest Short Faced Tumble Pigeon, or the Lizzie Who Host of the Galah. They will probably name a bird after you after the <laughs> Um I'm going to stick with Clint. Stick with Clint. There was a lot of eye movement on the <laughs> Budapest one. <laughs> what is that looking at me? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Lizzie? Uh, can I read them again? <laughs> uh, Lady Budgery Gaga, Blue-Titted Grass Parrot, Helsinki Long-Footed Clucker, Smooth-Bellied Potter Clint, Put a pet short face tumble pigeon, or of course, I mean, you would have heard of this oh, yeah, one though. <laughs> the Lizzie who hosted the Hel- Galah. Helsinki, Helsinki. Helsinki, okay, yeah. welcome that in. The Lizzie, here's who wrote the answers. Lady, <laughs> Lady Budgery Gaga was the house. <laughs> Blue titted grass parent was Bronwyn. Uh, this might surprise some. Seren wrote the Lizzie who hosted the Galah. 
Saren? <laughs> the answer is Saren already has ten. <laughs> um, if the mics didn't pick it up, someone asked. Wait, you can ask, and, and then Connor can uh, put it in in post. <laughs> May Saren have a point? <laughs> a beautiful read. Very, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful read. Very believable the second time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> smooth bellied Potter Clint, which Bronwyn went for. That was Lizzie Who. I'm actually going to throw my chair. <laughs> it feels so great that you finally found a player as bad as me. <laughs> You might be able to be sidekick next Race time. Race to the bottom, yeah. Oh, is this the promotion you get? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not the promotion I wanted. But, uh. <laughs> Wait, can we get another reading of that line? <laughs> so the... Um, uh, Lizzie went for the Helsinki long-footed clucker. That was McKenna, a.k.a. the house. So a point for the house there, meaning the correct answer is the Budapest short-faced tumbler pigeon. And you got to see this thing. It is insane looking. I don't really believe... Oh. <laughs> wow. That kind of looks like That's you asked real. AI to draw you a turkey. <laughs> yeah. Bizarre. That is bizarre. And yet they have been, would you believe it, specifically bred by humans. Oh. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> Well, more specifically, the people of Budapest did that, but... Uh, all right, so we're up to question number three. So, and that's uh, one point for the house mm-hmm. and one point for Lizzie Who, the gala host. Um, <laughs> I'm never going to live this down. <laughs> I want to call up my oh. little comedy festival now, but I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Maybe you can I'm get one of bullied. these shirts made for the gala that say gala host on it yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number three comes from <laughs> Ashley Dickinson from Bradford in West Yorkshire. Ashley has become a specialist on this show. Uh, regular listeners might be familiar with some of Ashley's questions. They're always Chuck Tingle based. Okay, so he, Chuck Tingle's... <laughs> he, Chuck Tingle is an We're author... We're across Chuck Tingle. Uh, oh, yeah, are you really? <laughs> okay. Chuck Tingle's like a very popular self-published author of uh, absurd... Erotic fiction. Oh. So you've got to write the title of an absurd erotic fiction novel, oh. and then we'll figure out which one's the real Chuck Tingle. Okay. Oh. And you can't be too weird for Chuck. Um, oh, really? You're going to find it hard to be weirder than Chuck, I think. But Chuck I picked one of the more more uh, moderate <laughs> yeah. okay. works of Chuck, or Ashley did anyway. Um, so okay. while you're writing those answers, absurd but erotic fiction mm. titles. Absurd. Um, I'll let the audience know a bit more about the Budapest short-faced tumblers. Got on a wiki. Uh, they are a breed of fancy pigeon. I mean, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> An abomination is what I would... <laughs> fancy pigeon developed over many years of selective breeding. They were really focusing on the... the for the listeners at home, the eyes are too big for its head. <laughs> like it's... I mean, they would have looked it up by now, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> The breed was created in Budapest in Hungary uh, and along with other varieties of domesticated pin- uh, pigeons, they're all descendants of the rock dove. That's a fu- oh. <laughs> that got him excited. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. oh, the rock dove. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, not all facts are fun, but. Um, <laughs> All right, are the, answer, the answers look like they're in, Seren? Sorry, just sending an email. <laughs> <laughs> Seren does look like he's doing his other I job. I know. Right I feel like I'm in a startup on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get you a bean bag or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question three. Chuck Tingle writes absurd but sexy stories. Which one of these is a real Chuck Tingle classic? Mary Pumpkins, super fragilis- fragilistic expiala butt stuff. <laughs> Three ducks, two girls, and one night in paradise. (laughs) (laughs) That is. I mean, the room's already hot, but wow. Uh, Night, night, my sweetheart. See you in the pool. (laughs) That is absurd. (laughs) Uh, I'm in a love triangle with two squares. Or bisexual mothman mailman makes a special delivery in our butts. <laughs> it, it didn't need in our butts. <laughs> no. <laughs> we got I it, mean, We got it. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Oh. <laughs> I think it hinges. Yeah. <laughs> um, Saran, if you're working on one, feel free, but I'll slide it in seamlessly again. But um, in the meantime, Lizzie, any thoughts? Uh, I always forget them. <laughs> so you got, just quickly, you got Mary Pumpkins, yes. three ducks, two girls, one night in paradise. Not, not my sweetheart. See you in the pool. I'm in love with a. I'm in a love triangle with two squares and bisexual mothman mailman makes a special delivery. Okay, triangle in two our butts. S- triangle two squares. Okay, triangle two squares triangle for Lizzie. Two squares. Yeah. What do you think, Bron? I'm gonna go. Mary Pumpkins. Oh. Because I just want it to be Mary Pumpkins. Okay, okay great. And also, I don't think you can spell supercalifragilistic. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't read it either. <laughs> 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 All right. Here's where the answers. Uh, night, night, my sweetheart. See you in the pool. That was gala host Lizzie Who. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a sign off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bro, say, say hi to your mum. <laughs> night, night, my sweetheart. <laughs> See you on the pool. <laughs> oh, please close the gala window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three ducks, two girls, one night in paradise. That was Bron and Cass. That was nice. hot, Bron. You've been sitting on that for a while, I reckon. <laughs> There's no way you just came It was up almost with that. the name of this year's show, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mary Pumpkins, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious butt stuff. That was Ashley, aka the house. Now, you're right. I mean, Ashley is deep in the mind of Chuck Tingle. Yes. So I yes. think one you, point, Saren. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that was your reasoning, still no. <laughs> I'm in a love triangle with two squares. That's what Lizzie went for. That was the house. So the correct answer is bisexual mothman mailman makes a special delivery in our butts. What? Did you guys know that was it? <laughs> we got oh, a few readers in. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. It's the vibe I was getting. <laughs> they just might know the kind of general vibe of yeah. this work. Can you, I hope that you can uh, like elaborate on what a mothman is. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So a Mothman uh, was is a cryptid like a Bigfoot or a Loch Ness monster. Oh, it is actually. Yeah. That was um, spotted in America, like in the just working for the U.S. Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah, there was they're always mailmen as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's they're fascinating. And oh, it's uh, a Mothman mailman. Mothman I thought, mailman. I thought it was two. People oh. had teamed up. It was like a Mothman, <laughs> yeah. and he had a little Mailman yeah, friend, yeah. and they were getting. That's what I pictured. Yeah, like Newman. Yeah, <laughs> that put you on, on the wrong path. Yeah, it? otherwise yeah. I would have picked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. Point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that round, I believe you each picked a house answer. So that's two points for the dastardly house. Mm. Uh, we're up to question number four. This one comes from Adelaide. Are you in tonight, Brent Hills Hayes? So Brent's question is, in what unusual way did Arthur Cobcroft die? In what unusual way did Arthur Cobcroft die? While you're writing those answers, here's a little bit more info about the novel. Ashley gives us the breakdown. It probably is the blurb from the back of the book, to be honest. But it goes, Cooper and his wife, Ivy, have been swamped with work, barely able to leave the house as they type away on their laptops in separate rooms. They typically find adventure in globetrotting travel, but with the arrival of a handsome new Mothman mailman named <laughs> named Indrid, they suddenly find the adventure coming to them. Realising that this handsome cryptid is flirting back, the couple soon begin to order more and more parcels. Culminating in an erotic bisexual delivery that's certain to bring some first-class stimulation to your package. <laughs> like a good read <laughs> uh, hey while you're still writing your answer let's go for a quick break planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, we're back. And, uh, <laughs> looks like the answers are in, are they, Seren? Jeez, you, you guys are efficient. This oh. one still coming? Efficient. Okay. Well, I should say the gala hosts in the room are efficient. And um, <laughs> Let's not forget when she forgot her phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, are you a reader of uh, erotic fiction at all, Lizzie? No, I haven't, well, just haven't quick, got into that yet. What would your... <laughs> what would, if you were going to flesh out your story, Night Night, My Sweetheart, See You in the Pool. Oh, um, yes. What would, what would the sort of elevator pitch be for that novel? Oh, okay. So it's a couple, and then they go to bed, and then one one person in the couple um, goes to the pool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is hot, huh? <laughs> is anyone else feeling yeah. something in their package? <laughs> and then they get wet. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! Wow. Okay, that's a bit uh, much, Lizzie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Blushing. I know. <laughs> All right, the answers are in. Question number four. In what unusual way did Arthur Cobcroft die? He was kicked in the head by a Shetland pony. (laughs) (laughs) 
He was made to sit through dryer dryer in the alley cat. <laughs> I've died during that. (laughs) He laughed himself to death after reading about how commodity prices had changed over a period of five years. (laughs) While telling his bees some bad news, they turned on him, stinging him to death. He choked on mothballs from a mailman. Or he, w- he went for his nightly constitutional in the countryside and was attacked by foxes and eaten alive. <laughs> I should say, you might notice there was one extra answer there that... Yeah, Serena's jumped in again. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he might get more points on the board, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I think if you start giving yourself more points, you're really going to have to let Bron in at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll take a half. <laughs> Right, Brian, what are you In thinking? the spirit of the gala, all of my points are going to the what I consider tonight's Oxfam. <laughs> <laughs> the real charity Bronwyn Cuss. <laughs> Finally. Should we do a we should do a score so check by the yeah, way? Yeah, do you want to okay. do a quick yeah. score yeah. check? So uh Lizzie's on two, the house is on four, and courtesy of charity, Bronwyn's out ahead on ten. <laughs> So Bronwyn's on none. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bron, what do you what do you like? Kicked in the head by a Shetland pony. Had to sit through dry dryer in the alley cat. Um, yeah, it was. Anyway. Um, you saw the ambulance here the other night. Um, <laughs> oh no, that was real. Um, oh. Laughed himself to death because of commodity prices. Uh, got stung to death after telling his bees bad news. Choked on mothballs from a mailman, or went for his nightly constitutional in the countryside, attacked by foxes, eaten alive. Um, I'll go kicked in the head by Shetland Pony because that just seemed to be a crowd favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone seemed to laugh very hard. I'm not sure why. It's possible. Is this like a, well, it's possible. a joke I'm missing? Well, there was, there's a, a, an underground smash hit <laughs> sketch by Stupid Old oh. Studios called Kicked in the Head by Shetland Pony. Right. Uh, but I don't know if that's what they were reacting to. I thought it was odd, but <laughs> I'm sticking to it. Maybe... <laughs> I was honestly, I was surprised it got that reaction, and I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a beautifully written <laughs> sentence by Alice Tremblay Birchall that just <laughs> works in any context, but I don't know. It's also so funny that Bronwyn didn't know about that sketch, but is just very dubious about these people's <laughs> comedic talent. Like, your instincts are wrong. <laughs> I thought they were like quite violent, yeah. <laughs> There is time to change if you want to not pick the wrong answer. Okay. Unless I get 10 points if I get this one right. (laughs) You're driving hard bargains. Look, I'm happy for you to lose if you want to. (laughs) Or you have to get minus 10. I I get minus... Oh, double or nothing. Yeah. We're making up the rules now. This is our game. I rarely have control of this show. (laughs) Uh, All right, right. keep it locked in. Yeah, I'm going to go kicked in the head by a shot. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Lizzie, what do you think? Well, I'm glad you went for that because I was going to go for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for bees. Bees. Uh, bees. Another reference to a previous work of mine. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're, so un- we're so unfamiliar with your work. <laughs> <laughs> we're huge fans of yours, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in that case, I'm going to lock in. He was made to sit through dryer dryer. 
Soren, you can't pick your own answer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Arthur Cobcroft came on night four. And <laughs> <laughs> it's even hotter in that room somehow than this. Um, all right, here's who wrote the answers. Uh, choked on mothballs from a mailman. That was Bromwell Cuss. Uh, attacked by foxes and eaten alive. That was Lizzie Who. <laughs> from the dark mind of Lizzie Who. <laughs> My favourite detail Lord, of that... Who? Oh, sorry. No, that's it. That's all he, I had to he say. He went for his nightly constitutional. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful word. Yeah. I've never... What is that? What is like it? a nightly walk. Oh, okay. A constitutional. You know, you go out for a constitutional. <laughs> I always <laughs> thought it was a euphemism for having a shit, but... <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? But that's I constipational. Constipational, yeah. Night, night, my sweetheart. I'm going for my constitutional. <laughs> <laughs> See you later in the pool, eh? <laughs> yeah, he gets retitled for the English market. Uh, kicked in the head by a Shetland pony. That was Brent. Uh, okay, the house. Brent also wrote the one about the bees. No. <laughs> He's familiar with my work. <laughs> uh, and that may... Oh, and yeah, Saran did do the one about how someone died in our show, which I... <laughs> I mean, we're already sold out tonight. I guess it's, we don't have to keep the facade up that we should want people to come. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that means the correct answer is he laughed himself to death after reading about how commodity prices had changed over a five-year period. <laughs> if you thought they laughed hard and wow. kicked in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so again, that's two points for the house and maybe some pity points for them if you feel like it. Uh, thanks for that question, Brent. Thanks for coming along. The next one comes from uh, previous guests on the show when we were touring in England, uh, Helena Heath from Birmingham in the UK. Uh, and Helena's question is, which of these is a real move in MMA? Either of you MMA fans? Oh, not really. No. <coughs> no. Any MMA fans in the house? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Because that's... Oh, I'm the... Ha- oh. Um, in the house. In the house is crook in that... Doesn't matter, but it's more of a Chuck Tingle type <laughs> scenario. But so you've got to come up with just the name, just the name. You don't have to explain it, just the name. You know, you know, like what's a famous wrestling move? I can't think of a single one. Like the the figure four. Oh, you know, something like whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Whatever. All right. And while you're ans- writing your answers, here's an article about Arthur Cobcroft that was written the day after his death. Uh, Laughter causes death, Sydney. Has it happened in Sydney? <laughs> that headline would get you in, wouldn't it? <laughs> Mr. Arthur Cobcroft, living in Leichhardt, picked up a newspaper of a d- uh, 1915 date and was comparing the prices of various commodities with those of today. He suddenly burst into laughter at the great difference. He appeared to be unable to control himself and eventually collapsed and died. <laughs> Is that what's that reaction? <laughs> this man, this ha- die hardworking from man, a father, a brother, yeah, <laughs> a son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he appeared. Yeah. So I mean, this was in 1920. The family's probably moved on. Um, <laughs> a doctor pronounced that death. The death was due to heart failure caused by excessive laughter. Uh, Mr. Cobcroft was well known as a trainer of coursing dogs. He was 54 years of age. Yeah, not so funny now that you, now that you know of the great work he does with coursing dogs. Yeah. What, what does that coursing? mean? What's coursing dogs? What's coursing dogs? Dog? Course as in like... 
like yeah. three course meal. Yeah, like a course. Ah. Oh. Racing oh yeah, dog? race Racing. course. Racing. Greyhound. Great. Oh, we'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I have a greyhound. That's why. Uh, They're not familiar with your work either. Yeah. <laughs> We got the answers in here, Saran? I don't know. My laptop may have um, <laughs> internet dif- issues. Okay. Oh. Well, if that's the case, um, let me tell uh, you, Bron, right. more about this guy. Oh, I was please. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's actually really grim. He, he, he got divorced because he was violent with his wife. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm not good at padding. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> but he could still find joy. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just uh, let the listeners know uh, who, who you're with, um, Saran? Telstra. Um, but also, can we let the listeners know we are in a dungeon? <laughs> <laughs> I've updated it, but... Uh, Not a chuck I'm going to jump on my phone. I'm going to jump on my phone. Okay. That's great. Uh, what if I start reading the answers and then by the end Do you can I put can in read there? It. I can read oh, it. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, that is oh, amazing that I did not. Okay. I was nowhere near yeah. thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian, you can learn a little lesson yeah. from this. This is how you take over uh-huh. the show. Yeah. I don't think his internet's down. <laughs> <laughs> the um, internet okay. is not down. <laughs> I'm on Telstra and it's fine. <laughs> Question five. Uh, which of these is a real move in MMA? The first answer. The Peruvian necktie. Mm. <laughs> the snake shiv. The reverse donkey hold. <laughs> the fussy grandma. <laughs> the petrol pump and dump. <laughs> or the tethering issue. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know where you get your ideas, Saran. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very in the moment. <laughs> All right, I think we're back to you, Lizzie. I think grandma, grandma, whatever that was. The fussy grandma. Fussy grandma. Classic, you know, tough MMA fighters. Yeah. He's he's gone for the fussy grandma, grandma. I can't believe it. Can you imagine Joe Rogan? Yeah. (laughs) Calling out the, yeah. Yeah, He's gone for the fussy grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Is that good? That that is almost as good as your New Jersey from before. (laughs) All right, so locking in the fussy grandma for Lizzie. What do you yeah. think of Bron? Um, I'm thinking Peruvian necktie. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a fancy sort of manoeuvre, I think, the Peruvian necktie. Yeah, I've got nothing else After to go dinner. with it. <laughs> All right, locking that in for Bron? You reckon that? I, think, I thought like snake shiv, it's too soft. You could oh, shiv someone it, with oh, a snake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On a wreck snake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I hadn't thought that far. Yeah, ahead. maybe if it was... I don't know <laughs> if they do that, but or even like if it's a dead, you know, asphyxia... Not asphyxiate. Uh, rigor mortis, is that what you mean? Rigor mortis <laughs> is what I meant. <laughs> I meant rigor mortis. Yeah. Um, it would be very hard for a snake to do self-asphyxiation. To be a shiv, yeah. <laughs> Auto-erotic. It, yeah. Auto-erection. Yeah. Okay. Auto-erection. <laughs> I, feel like I think you're s- writing another Chuck, whatever he's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Surely a snake is like either has no throat or it's all All throat. throat. Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go back to hosts. (laughs) All right, Saran, who wrote the answers? Okay, this is who wrote the answers. Uh, The the fussy grandma, which was locked in by Lizzie Who. That was the house. Um, The problematic tether, that was also the house, uh, slash Saran. The... (laughs) 
the snake Shiv. That was Lizzie Who. Which Bronwyn just shredded. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Bron. <laughs> it's Bringing me down. <laughs> Next up, we had the reverse donkey hold, which was Bronwyn. <laughs> the petrol pump and dump, that was also the house, which means the correct answer is the Peruvian necktie. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Bronwyn is on the board. That means uh, one point for the house and one point for Bronwyn in that round. And I'm now on my phone, so we can transfer back. To okay. Matt. Well, no, I thought you did a fantastic job. To Thank be you. <laughs> I just feel like I lost my gig mid-show. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should head off. <laughs> but you'd have to rework the name. Who knew it, it was Sarangi Mana? Doesn't quite. Yeah. <laughs> the titular Sarangi Mana. Um, what do you say at the end? I forgot. Uh, well, nine, that'll nine. happen soon. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Can you write that in? I'll remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I good. can, but I can't. You're a real value adder on this. Show, hey, is so. anyone? Can I tether off anyone's? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that means we're up to the second last question of the show. Question number six. This one also comes from Adelaide. Uh, is Caitlin Dowden in the house? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yay! Don't leave a pause like that. My heart was broken. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Caitlin's question is, what unique piece of infrastructure was built in Adelaide in 2001? Lizzie might have an advantage. You are obviously a big fan of Adelaide, wearing your Adelaide <laughs> merchandise here tonight. What unique piece of infrastructure was built in Adelaide in 2001? While you're writing those answers, let me tell you more about the Peruvian necktie. What do you want to tell them about it, Seren? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> According to Evolve MMA, the Peruvian necktie is one of the many necktie choke variations in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It was created by a former UFC welterweight fighter named Tony de Souza. Uh, after practicing the technique and provide, uh, proving its effectiveness, many grapplers have added the choke to their arsenal, giving rise to its popularity. Jeez, this is fascinating. <laughs> could hear a pin drop in here that's how fascinated everyone is <laughs> the choke is usually applied from the front headlock if anyone wants to know how to do it at home after successfully defending a takedown by sprawling <laughs> after the sprawl uh, it is best to apply the choke with head and arm control against the opponent it is done by trapping the opponent's head and arm using both hands with the S grip or gable grip I think that's up to you uh, while your leg is thrown over behind the opponent's neck. This is getting Chuck Tingly again. Uh, while the other leg is thrown across the back. How do they do that? I can't get my head around it. Live demonstration, All right, Caitlin. Um, Caitlin and Brent. Actually, no, that's... Um, callback? No. I just, it was just two, two names I knew in the room. And I realised that would be quite an awful thing to make people do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Answers are in for question number six. There was even more info, but no time, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I could just quickly tell you that most front headlock variations focus on squeezing, rotating and twisting movements, while the Peruvian necktie is all about applying pressure with the limbs. Mm. So, yeah, that's, that's that's the key difference. Yeah. All right, question number six. The answers are in. What unique piece of infrastructure was built in Adelaide in 2001? 
a highway going both ways between McLaren Vale and the city. (laughs) (laughs) A sprinkler system for all the trees in the CBD that would gradually turn them blue as part of an art installation for a festival. (laughs) I I don't... I think I'm realising you two have some... Anyway, um... A one-way freeway that would go either north or south, depending on the time of the day. (laughs) An office building in the city that, from an aerial view, resembled a cock and balls. (laughs) Or Australia's longest straight road. So three three road-based answers there. (laughs) And apart from that, we also have uh, blue sprinkler and uh, cock and blue balls. Um, So you got... No, it's not blue, it's just cock and balls. <laughs> cock and balls. I'm seeing patterns where there are none. Uh, we, I think we might be back to you, Bron. Right. I'm going to go... I'm going to go cock and balls. Cock and balls. Yeah. I feel like b- people mistakenly make things look like penises. And my high school, like, lo- they redid the logo, modernised it when I was in year 12. And it did just look like a big sperm in the end. <laughs> If you just turned it on its side. So I feel like that... Yeah. There's a tendency for these things to happen. Mm. Yeah. All right, lock that in for Bron. What about you, Lizzie Who? Uh, sprinkler. Sprinkler. Okay. I thought... Uh, anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's who wrote the answers. Uh, highway going both ways between McLaren Vale and the city. That was Lizzie Who. Were you genuinely surprised at their big laugh there? Well, isn't that a thing that happened? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm, like, oh, no. I'm like, well, Lizzie knows. Oh. Uh, I also thought Bronwyn knows when she wrote Australia's Longest Straight Road, which I'm like, <laughs> they're all working around the correct answer here. Oh, no. An office building looks like a cock and balls from above. That was Caitlin, a.k.a. The oh. House. And Caitlin also wrote the one about uh, blue spraying oh. out of the trees. The correct answer is a one-way freeway that would go either north or south depending on the time of day. Oh, that's <laughs> Which was later had a second lane added yeah. to become Lizzie Who's answer. So. Wow. <laughs> but we did that specify 2001. Yeah, okay, okay. So, but I mean, Saran might want to give you points. I don't know. You've stopped asking, is it because he said no every time? Yeah. yeah. He's tough, this guy. <laughs> He's tough. He's oh, so no, tough. So, sorry, I've missed it. There was one other answer there. The oh. smallest room in history, the alley cat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that one was Seren. <laughs> Alright, so we're up to the final question. Question number seven. This one comes from Daniel from Sydney. We always finish with a movie synopsis uh, question. And this one is, what is the synopsis of the 1985 film Daryl? But it's... <laughs> there, there are dots in between each letter. D.A.R.Y.L. What's the synopsis of the 1985 film Daryl? And you, wanna, you probably want to give like... You know, it's a small paragraph, probably like three or four sentences, maybe. So this will be your longest one, but luckily I got a bunch of information on this road. (laughs) (laughs) If they were found the Peruvian necktie interesting, (laughs) they're going to love hearing about this. Uh, Luckily, uh, Caitlin actually uh, gave a bit of a personal story about um, the road riding, I mean... Caitlin, you could just come up and say it yourself, I suppose, but do you want me to just read it or do you want to tell yeah, us the story? 
Okay. Gordon and Caitlin, I remember as a kid. Everyone, isn't this nice? Oh, maybe in post Connor you could do like harps or something. We're all going, I remember as a kid. We lived north of the city and our friends would live south of the city. And whenever we went to see them, it was always like, ooh, which direction is the road going now? <laughs> do we get to drive on it or do we have to go the long way? They realised it was a dumb decision and eventually added in extra lanes so traffic could go in both directions regardless of what time of day it was. It's still terrible, but at least it's terrible in two directions. <laughs> Uh, Caitlin also linked me to a website that I'm not familiar with. It's called wikipedia.org. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's sort of just a, a bit of a compendium of information on Adelaide roads. Uh, and it says, until 2014, the expressway was open approximately 21 hours per day, which I think is pretty good. That's nearly all of them. I think most roads will do 24, but I think this is... <laughs> I think this is good that it got pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> the northbound direction uh, occurred on weekday mornings between 2am and 12.30 in the afternoon and weekend evenings from 2pm till 12.30am and the southbound direction was open on weekday evenings 2pm till 12.30am and weekend mornings 2am till 12.30pm. It's a pretty good system. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. It was of course closed between 12.30 and 2am and 12.30 and 2pm. Uh, exceptions, of course, there's always exceptions, were Saturday and Monday mornings when the direction <laughs> <laughs> remained unchanged. <laughs> Weekday public holidays operated under the weekends. Opening times during each closure, all road signs, lights and boom gates changed over and the road was inspected by a tow truck contractor for debris and car breakdowns. So I think it was a pretty smooth operation overall. <laughs> but for some reason they got rid of it in 2014, which I think is a shame. I think that is a shame. Is that when they got the other... Yes, that's, that's when they... That's my answer. Which is, is that my answer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They really should have called it the Lizzie Who Express or something. Yeah. <laughs> Probably one day. One day. Probably one day. Gala Express. Express. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Final <laughs> questions, answers are in. What is the synopsis of the 1985 film Daryl? Dr. Daryl Hamilton <laughs> is a world-renowned archaeologist who on a dig site uncovers an ancient Sumerian city and makes a, ch a chilling discovery. Ooh. The city was destroyed by five evil spirits. What's more, the first letters of each of the spirits' names spelled out his own name. <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> Upon wow. making this discovery, the five spirits are released once more and it's up to Daryl to stop them wreaking havoc upon the world oh. while also uncovering the mystery of why his name is connected to these sinister spirits. What could it mean? Is this just the one answer? That's the one answer, oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you didn't write it? <laughs> <laughs> She's playing the game, you know, on another level if she did oh. write it. Some of that 4D chess. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. I've been saying 3D chess for so long. <laughs> and I'm like, it's weird this saying doesn't make sense because chess is in 3D. It's in 3D. <laughs> No one has pulled me up on it. <laughs> Do you know what? I said 4D and immediately thought, fuck, is it 3D? No, that, way, that makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what Let's you're Let's just put it about. to bed now. Yeah. From now on, it's well, 4D. From now on. 
Uh, option two, a group of demonic aliens from beneath the surface of Mars found a, founded a part law firm, part yoga school. <laughs> also a part intelligence agency known as Daryl. Demonic alien reconnaissance l- yoga lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Outraged by the entry of demonic aliens into their industries, a group of law firms, intelligence agencies, and yoga schools try to drive Daryl out of business. Our demonic alien friends must put their skills as lawyers, yoga instructors, and secret agents to the test to save their organization. Uh, That's option two. Option three. Three friends meet in Cooper Pedy to work at a pub. Their boss is murdered, putting out the kegs, and everyone is a suspect. (laughs) way more efficiently written that one has a real sniff of Hollywood about it to me (laughs) sure I said three to four sentences Um, (laughs) option four Daryl is a normal ten year old boy in many ways however unbeknownst to his foster parents and friends Daryl is actually a government-created robot with superhuman reflexes and mental abilities. Even his name has a hidden meaning. It's actually an acronym for Data Analyzing Robot Youth Life Form. That'd be Daryl. Um, <laughs> when, when the organization that created him deems the super soldier experiment a failure and schedules Daryl to be disassembled, it is up to a few rogue scientists to, see, uh, to help him escape. All right, your final option... It's a film about a divorced dad who tried to win his kids back by running as America's first female nominee for president. Can he get his kids back and run the free world in a dress? (laughs) (laughs) Only his Labrador Daryl knows his secret. (laughs) I should say it's 1985, okay? Okay. So you've got the five evil spirits that spell Daryl. Okay. Um... You know, and the chilling discovery. Then you got the uh, the yoga lawyers. <laughs> then you got the the Cooper PD pub boss getting murdered. Everyone's a suspect. You got the uh, normal ten year old boy in many ways, apart from him being a, a government plant super soldier. Um, then you've got the divorced dad who tries to run for president as Australia's uh, America's first female nominee for president. Mm. And so the the Labrador is called Daryl. Uh, which we can only assume stands for Dog and Really Young Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say it, but I th- yeah, I think that's implied. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Either of you feel like jumping in? Anything jumping out? I reckon the two descriptions that don't bother to cover the acronym might be a bit of a giveaway. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll steer clear of them. <laughs> I'm going uh, the first one with the spirits in the... Yep. The spirit spelling out his name? Yeah. Okay. All right. Locking that in for Bron. Um, what do you Yoga lawyers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope so, because I'm going to go find <laughs> that movie. If <laughs> Are you just saying that again, or is that the answer you think is correct? When's yeah. like Encino Man and stuff? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. When people come... It's in that sort of era. Yeah. Mid-80s is pretty silly, a silly time. Labrador <laughs> Dress? Labrador Dress? Yep. Let's go again. All right. Locking in Labrador Dress. 
This round is worth uh, triple points, by the way. Oh. Um, which I'm not sure if that matters, depending on what Serena's done with the scoring. And um, <laughs> I'm not sure even he knows. Um, so here's who wrote the answers. The one about three friends, m friends meeting in Cuba Pedi. Everyone's a suspect. That was Lizzie Who. <laughs> and uh, did, did you realise when she read that first one and went, is it still the same? <laughs> that can't... That's a long answer, isn't it? Compared wow, to that's <laughs> a lot of... Who had the time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the yoga lawyers. That was the question writer, Daniel, aka The House. Uh, then we had um, the one that Bronwyn went for about Dr. Daryl Hamilton. That was also Daniel, The oh. House. There's a lot he of house the in time. this. Yeah, there's a bit of... Well, there's two in each <laughs> camp, but... <yeah. laughs> Uh, Lizzie went for the one about the divorced dad running for president. That was Bronwyn Cass. Uh, Yay! Oh no. <laughs> so that means the correct what? answer is Daryl is a normal 10-year-old boy in many ways. <laughs> but he's actually a plant um, from the government, a super soldier. Wow. And so like mm. a children's movie. Um, I don't remember that one. While, uh, <laughs> while Seren is um, figuring out the scores... Um, it got a 53% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 55 mm -hmm. by the audience. A positive review by Jay Boyer reads, There's an intrinsic emotional pull to this earnest tale of parents in search of a child. <laughs> While Vincent Canby from the New York Times, he didn't like it as much, saying, If there is a subtext to Daryl, and I'm not entirely sure there is, it's that one should always be kind to a computer because a computer might be somebody's brother. <laughs> I mean, maybe they should re-release it. Yeah, but I think so. Yeah. I think there's a there. It's all it might have just been before it. its time. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> mm. So, Ryan, what do you what do you th uh, what are we looking at for scores? Time for the scores. Well, so obviously, uh, the triple points does come into play. Yes. <gasps> Unfortunately, not to determine the winner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the house is well out in front on nine points, but. This but is really, since the, b the beginning of the afternoon, this has been the Battle of Lizzie and Broadway. Yes. It doesn't really matter what the house is. <laughs> and what I'm going to tell you right now is that I'm about to place a call to Susan Proven, <laughs> <laughs> head of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, <laughs> to let her know that Bronwyn has finished on a whopping four points, Whoa. two points ahead of Lizzie. Oh! And that we were playing tonight for gala hosting duties. <laughs> Bronwyn! Oh. Everybody, Bronwyn, the new gala host. Yay. Well done, Bronwyn. It feels good. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so. <laughs> I feel like I should like crowd surf. <laughs> Do it. Thanks so much for joining us, um, Bronwyn. That was a no. <laughs> Don't. I mean, we should really finish with that. It'd be hard to then wrap up after yeah. the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, for people in the room, you're on here tonight. But for people listening at home, this will come out in a week or so. Where whereabouts uh, can they find you? Oh. You're going to be touring the show. Yeah, I'm going to be in Canberra and Gold Coast, but I can't remember the dates. And you don't then need I'll it. be doing. And Melbourne. Up. Yeah, and Melbourne. I'll do the full run in Melbourne. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And online, if they want to follow you, what's your best um, Instagram? social media? Instagram. Yeah. Because you're good at the gram. It's, oh, people say it's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really bad account, but please follow. Um, You've got dates, though, there. There's dates yeah. there, and there's a link in the bio, would you believe? Ooh. And everyone knows idea. now, uh, I think we've finally got the word out, the show is called Pillows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Smooch, smooch, smooch. <laughs>
Yeah. Like How about you, Lizzie? Obviously the gala, but what oh, else are you yeah, up to? Yeah, the gala, guys. Um, yeah, touring. I got Hobart, Canberra, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Awesome. So come along. Oh, I'm also doing Sydney. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, mate. I do do stuff. Yeah. Um, but you I should tell more it. people yeah. about it. Yeah. 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 Go see Bron. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, can someone get a photo? I forgot to get a photo last week. If someone just gets a photo, whenever. But um, I should finish the show. Cheers for tuning in to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. Night, night, my sweetheart. I'll see you in the pool. And now that you know it, I've been Matt Stewart. Goodbye. Hello. Anyone here last week when the mic didn't work that good? <laughs> well, you're going to hear me today. <laughs> um, this isn't the start yet. Everyone's just getting comfortable first. Uh, pretend this isn't happening. <laughs> Seren's mic's not working. Why? I got so cocky before. Hello. Okay. Okay. All right. I just spoke too weakly, I think. That's, that's nice. Uh, for international listeners, should we briefly explain what the gala even is it's like it's the pinnacle oh, of comedy know. in Australia yeah. oh, they right? they, of course oh, they know yeah. 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 it means the gala Lizzie is, is the best at comedy yeah. Yeah. no it's okay. in Australia yeah. Yeah. it means Lizzie has sucked us enough <laughs> 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 things have changed back in the 90s you have to suck a lot of cock now it's <laughs> well everyone's got an ass so that makes yeah. it yeah. 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 Hey, that's the modern world oh, yeah. <laughs> We work in the arts. (laughs) (laughs) So McKenna's question is... Okay, let's not forget when she forgot her phone. Can we get a pick up on that line, Bron, for the edit? Let's not forget when she forgot her phone. Okay. And just have that on loop throughout the whole... (laughs) (laughs) In commodity prices. But Bron, they laughed at they death. Laughed. I thought they might have you loved could, domestic violence. Please edit this out, Connor. <laughs> Connor, please edit all of that out. That's just for them. Hey, you uh, took a please. risk. Sometimes you roll the dice and, um, yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> what you should do is go home, leave the casino, go to bed. Do the Shetland Pony bit. It's actually a, a musical. Um, oh. Can you sing? Start to finish, go. Kicked in the head by a Shetland Pony. Kicked in the head. I think that's all it is, actually. Kicked in the head by a Shetland Pony. Whoa, and then, so, right. and then it's, someone comes and says, I've just heard back from the front, your son, he's been kicked in the head by a Shetland Pony. To death. <laughs> oh, it's death they like. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.